Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 406. On this episode, we've got some cancellation and renewal news, and then we'll be talking about the series premiere of Night Flyers, the mid-season finale of Manifest, Homecoming, and a recent episode of The Flash. Plus, we've got some TV recommendations at the end. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 406. I'm Jason the TV Holic from tvholic.com, and this week I have joining me... Kyle from noreruns.net. And I'm Phaedra from stingeruniverse.com and co-host of many podcasts, including Stinger TV and Movie Podcast, Ozark's Dirty Laundry, and The Homecoming Initiative. Which is... Uh... Perfect, since that's one of the shows that we talked about. Oh, yes. I have plenty to say about that. <laughs> but first up, thank you uh, for uh, joining us, Phaedra. And uh, as uh, I warned you this week, which I didn't do to your co-host on, uh, over at Stinger Universe, uh, on the last episode, uh, we asked first-time guests uh, about sort of, I don't know, a little bit about their history with TV. Like, uh, was there a show growing up that uh, you really like connected with or where along the line did you become a such a big TV fan that you started, you know, podcasting about it and all that? Well, so actually I did think about this in, in the few moments that I, I had to look at the question, think about it. And I don't think it's so much the TV shows as it is the era in which I grew up. So I'm a child of the seventies and, you know, growing up, then you had the big three, networks and that's what you did like what what are you watching on Thursday night well it's it was going to be one of three shows and there was sort of this whole community around TV so my family was a big big you know TV family and we watched MASH and my dad watched the Rockford Five. so there were the shows like when my dad watched I usually left the room because they were boring they were dad shows like Barney Miller and Rockford Files and then um but sometimes on Saturday nights, my mom would let me stay up and watch Love Boat and Fantasy Island. And they were like the quintessential TV shows. I loved them. I loved all of the guest stars. And I have to tell you that watching them now, they are so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> They're so bad. And that's, the thing is, it's the same guest stars over and over again playing different characters. And I'm thinking, wait, you were just on this show. But yeah, I think that's where I really fell in love with TV was that that whole Saturday night lineup. That's just funny hearing right there, the Saturday night TV lineup. That was, <laughs> right, that's... because dates of the week are kind of irrelevant now with TV, right? Yeah, well, even, I mean, even when it still was kind of relevant, like, as things have progressed, things have gone away, like Saturday night TV and then Friday nights, you know, have kind of come back a little bit. But, uh, you know, those are the things that started to slip away as uh, if you were on, like, Friday night, you've been banished to Friday night or something like right, that. Right, it's or, a dead zone. Or you're on Netflix and you're launched with seven other shows <laughs> on that Friday night. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You know, even network TV, I don't watch it live. Rarely do I watch anything live. I usually watch everything on Hulu. So even the days of the week now have no real meaning for me. I have no clue when shows are on, typically. <laughs> yeah, that can definitely be the case. And so many shows that these days that you're – Sometimes you hear about it and you're like, what is that? You know, where does what what channel is that on or what streaming service is that? 
uh, I've never, you know, I've never even heard about it. And then you look and you're like, it's, it premiered like six months ago. <laughs> like, Right. Well, the, I mean, the uh, same thing happened to me with The Flash. And I know we're going to talk about an episode of that today, but um, it's fifth season. And I have been a diehard Flash fan since the beginning. Well, close to the beginning. And that was one of the shows we would watch live every week, Tuesday night, eight o'clock. And it was probably mid-October that I went, oh, wait, the fall shows are back. And I, I just, I totally <laughs> forgot because I'm not on any sort of TV schedule. I just, you know, watch it when I watch it. It's, that's why I have to have my TiVo with my season passes. And I just suddenly see, oh, wait, that's, I got a new episode or <laughs> I have eight episodes of Supergirl piled up. I should probably watch that pretty soon before the crossover begins. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm behind. So don't tell me anything. <laughs> uh, all right. With that, we'll uh, jump into the news. Uh, a few things since the uh, the last episode that we recorded. Uh, ABC announced the cancellation of Take Two after one season. Uh, so if you were enjoying that last summer, it won't be it back. It won't be taking two. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to take two. Uh, Audience Network has renewed uh, Mr. Mercedes for a third season. So that'll be back for... More, I don't know. I haven't watched well, the second season. I haven't seen the second. Season. I wish they would put it on another system, like not tie it to DirecTV subscribers, because I would watch it. I would buy it on Vudu. I would pick it up and watch it. But I haven't been able to see the second season because I don't get DirecTV. Yeah, you. Yeah, you got to have uh, either that or you got to have your cable from AT and T or whatever to be able to get the. Uh, the audience network, but uh, yeah, that's the same here. Like, I don't really have access to it. <laughs> like, <laughs> in other cancellation news, uh, CBS has canceled Salvation uh, after uh, two seasons. Well, there is no Salvation. <laughs> yes, yeah, Salvation. Well, Salvation took two, and then it it was over. Uh, Comedy Central has canceled another period after three seasons. This one in the uh, canceled but not uh, category. Lifetime has canceled you uh, after one season, but then uh, Netflix has picked it up for season two. So it's. I'm assuming it must have aired on Netflix in other locations, and Lifetime just aired it the first season here. It could be. But maybe. It could be one of those uh, that had the, uh, yeah, the rest of the world distribution through, uh, through Netflix. Uh, but yeah, that was, uh, I'm still only halfway through the, the first season. Uh, it still sounds weird though. Every time I'm still only halfway through the first season of you, uh, which <laughs> just sounds odd. I almost said I've been canceled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I still think it was funny at, uh, uh, at ATX when the, when the guy walked up to the, the lady volunteer and she asked if she could help. And he said, I'm looking for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, here I am. And you're like, you're like, Hey, now <laughs> does that line really work? Yeah, it's like the pickup line of the festival. I only came to the festival for you. Uh, NBC has ordered two more episodes of each of the Chicago shows. So, 
you'll now get 22 of each of those this season instead of 20. Uh, in uh, other cancellation news, Netflix has uh, con- continued to cancel their Marvel shows with uh, yeah. Daredevil uh, after three seasons. And uh, so uh, look for the Jessica Jones cancellation after that third season <laughs> airs and the Punisher cancellation after the second season airs. Uh, and then they will all be... Uh... And I can finally catch up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it's too bad that they didn't, they weren't able to with, you know, it's, it's the separation of uh, Netflix doesn't really probably want to continue to advertise Marvel stuff or whatever when Disney is going to be putting stuff on their own uh, streaming service. But these shows are not likely to end up continuing on in that streaming service either. So uh, it's just too bad that they couldn't, even though the first team up wasn't the greatest, it's too bad that they couldn't have gone back around again to have like one more one last well a team up type thing that sort of closes out the full story of like the you know the Netflix of of the Netflix version of these characters so I like I like closure on TV shows I mean the whole point of it originally was to get to a team up you know and they did that but then they've gone past that and so I don't know it just seemed like it would be uh, interesting, but all that's left is uh, Jessica Jones and Punisher in production, and so once those are, uh, and those will probably just like come and go. <laughs> like, <laughs> Has there already been a second season of Jessica Jones? Yeah, I'm I'm way behind. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lastly, uh, TV Land has canceled Teachers after three seasons, uh, which leaves no more scripted TV on TV Land. Uh, as of and I even saw like there was some show that was moving, some new show that was coming that was supposed to be on Paramount that was ditched off to BET. So I'm wondering if that's going to go the same way. If Paramount is just going to be well, an empty wasteland too. No, they're. I don't know. Paramount's trying to figure out what they they want to be. They still are going to have uh, Yellowstone, and they're going to have the next season of. Uh, why can't I cannot think of the show? The show that they've moved from TV land over to Paramount. Yes, the, the one where she's old but pretends yeah. to be uh, younger. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the one where she's old but pretends to be younger. What's the name of that show? Uh, yeah, yeah, younger was moved from TV land to Paramount Network, and now they've canceled uh, Teachers, and so now they're they've gotten rid of all scripted TV or new. Uh, scripted TV from uh, from TV Land, uh, and uh, yeah, there's a what is it the uh, it's something the Wives Club or something like that that's uh, that was going to be on Paramount Network that they moved to BET First Wives Club. Yeah, so yeah, they're still in. I don't know. There's I guess they're still trying to figure out what you know because they went from moving stuff off of MTV and uh, to other things. And now they're moving things off of other things to other things. And they really need to come up with some strategy like, <laughs> and stick with it for a little while. Uh, especially with the, as of the beginning of next year, Paramount Network officially becomes Paramount Network. 
it's not already. Well, it, it, <laughs> right. That... <laughs> I, I mean, it it kind of is, but I guess its official launch is not. This was just a preview launch. <laughs> I at least I thought that's what I read in the uh, in the story about that first wives club is that uh, that it like officially launches as the network or whatever as of January nineteenth or something or or some such thing, but. Uh, I don't know. I looked at a whole bunch of stories, so it could be... Could have been January 19th of last year. Yeah, it could be conflating <laughs> things with, with lots of stuff. Uh, uh, but anyways, lots of things canceled uh, in the last uh, couple of weeks, but also lots of things canceled that you're just like, uh, you know, like uh, a bunch of summer shows and uh, things like that. That uh, I did want to watch Take Two, but... It was actually. I never got uh, around to it. It was actually kind of fun, but after uh, after a little bit, you're like, "Yeah, this is not going to make it past this season. I need more DVR space." Thank you. But with that, uh, we'll move on to the uh, primetime segment. And uh, first up is uh, Homecoming, uh, season one, episode ten. Stop is the uh, season finale episode. Uh, we talked about. The uh, up through the first five episodes on a previous podcast of Homecoming, and now we've uh, seen through to the end. And uh, we'll start with you, Phaedra. What uh, what did you think about uh, Homecoming? Well, so my history with this show is that I saw a preview before the show even started on Facebook of all places, and. You know, my initial reaction was, oh, Julia Roberts on TV. No, thank you, because I'm not I'm not a huge Julia Roberts fan. Then I started looking into what the show was about and found out that it was based on an audio fiction podcast. And so I listened to the podcast and I fell in love with it. I just I like the style. I like the story. And I really wondered how it was going to translate to TV and how they were going to do it in half-hour episodes, right? And I actually loved the entire season, and, you know, I fully expected to have that, like, well, the book was better than the movie sort of feeling about it, like, well, the podcast was better than the show. But I thought the show was great. I thought the casting was great. I actually did not mind Julia Roberts at all. She she seemed like a real actress and not just like a leading lady in this show. And I felt the way you should feel at the end of a season, which is I feel satisfied, but I still have questions and I want a little bit more. How about you guys? Yeah, I think I, I felt the same way. It felt like they did a good job of wrapping up the storyline with um, Julia Roberts character and um, uh, her patient there. Uh, Walters. Walter Cruz. Yeah. So they, they seem like they wrapped that up. Like, so I'm not sure where they go for a second season. I mean, they sort of hinted to it with the that they would explore like this. Uh, what's really going on at this at this company that makes the drug and and um, like there's more going on there. Like that woman that seemed to suddenly be in charge and she's also dabbing some mysterious drug on her wrists like what that exactly what that does. So, I mean, they could explore that. So I'm wondering if they do. Well, it is coming back for a second season, right? Um, yes. So I'm wondering, do they even have Julia Roberts and the other characters on the second season, or do they just explore a whole new launch to a whole new story 
um, for the for the second season. I mean, I was under the impression that she signed up for two seasons, that it was a two season run. Um, although maybe I'm wrong, but it's definitely a two season show. And I think Shannon and I talked about this quite a bit when, when we talked about this episode. And um, do we give out spoilers on this show, by the way, or are we trying to keep it spoiler free? No, you can. Uh, <clears throat> during this section, you can uh, you can spoil away because uh, uh, if okay. you're. If you see that we're talking about this episode and, and you didn't watch it, you haven't watched it, then why are you listening to it is my question. Is always That's why there's timestamps. You can skip over the section. Right. Exactly. So the, the thing about this episode that, that we talked about is that um, the ending we're, we're under. So Heidi regains her memory and she's off to find Walter um, and then she finds him. And Walter shows no signs of recognition of her. And, you know, we're left wondering, like, is she going to say something to him that, hey, remember me uh, or or something? And she doesn't. She doesn't say a word. And when he walks out, she looks down at her silverware and she notices that her silverware is out of alignment, which indicates that Walter at some point did that. And the real question is, did he do it consciously? Did he do it subconsciously? Does he remember? Could he remember? And so, you know, I think that's the big question. And then, um, and even Shannon missed this. Shannon's my co-host when, when we watched this last episode, the post credit scene at the very end where we've got Audrey taking the drug and she's rolling it on her wrists. And then, you know, kind of like we hear him talking about the roller project. And so we think that's really what it's about is this roller project. So I actually think season two is going to totally deviate from the podcast. It's going to go in a totally different direction where this drug now becomes a way to manage any, um, any unpleasantries in life, but how it ties into the rest of the story. I'm not sure yet. Yeah, it definitely has, uh, the way that it, it wraps things up. I, I really like that ending. Uh, it was a nice uh, tie-in, uh, and to to leave you with that, uh, yeah, that that question of, okay, did he actually at some point, or or even from the beginning, like recognize her, but just uh, was pretending he didn't, right? Or or uh, did he just like just sort of out of habit, or like? just for some reason, you know, like did that, uh, not, you know, sort of subconsciously or whatever. Uh, but it, it left a nice, uh, ending to it as that he possibly, you know, uh, does, uh, maybe remember, uh, some stuff, but is in a good, you know, is in a good place, but it is kind of a weird storyline that it feels completed. Like, it, it it feels like there's more story to tell, but not necessarily with the bulk of the characters that we followed around uh, in this episode, you know, in, in this series. Right. Uh, it, it seems like uh, where everybody's at uh, is, is maybe... Yeah, I don't know. It just everybody seems to have been, you know, have parted ways with the, with the, you know, that company or whatever. And I don't know what it would be that would draw 
you know, unless maybe Julia Roberts' character hears that they have some other thing going and that the it's not really over, you know, type of thing. Uh, yeah, but she doesn't really have a vested interest in anything else going forward. Yeah. So, I mean, I see what you're saying. Her her storyline is kind of, you know, it, it's it's come to a natural point, a na- a natural end. And you're right. There were there were no there were no cliffhangers. There were no like, oh my god, I can't wait for next season. So it'll be interesting to see what what direction they take it in. I haven't read anything about season two yet, but I'm anticipating good things because I really enjoyed this season. Was there a season two of the podcast? Yes, there was, and the season one of the podcast ended. Um, I believe it ended with. Heidi deciding she was going to go and search for Walter, but Walter actually, actually Walter was not in season two at all. It was Heidi searching for Walter and Walter actually was not in a good place. He had kind of um, sort of started hanging out with this renegade group of ex military veterans that, you know, you know, they hang out and they go to shooting ranges and they're kind of in a dark place. And, uh, it, it was just very different. And she still, she hadn't figured out who Colin was yet. And, um, and then she teams up with Colin to try and find Walter. It was just totally different. That's why I don't think they're going to go in that direction at all for season two. Yeah. Cause it seems like they already sort of piled that into the last episode. I mean, some they did, the- they did because the last episode of season two, um, Heidi receives a message from Walter and you're left thinking like, okay, Heidi's Heidi and Walter are going to find each other and whatever comes of that comes of that. But that, I mean, that's exactly what we got at the end of season one. So yeah, that's why I think it's going to be in a totally different direction. Yeah. I, I just really, I mean, ultimately I really liked it. I liked the, uh, even though it was a little weird at first, uh, the you know the differences in how things were filmed, mm-hmm. uh, but also finding out later on that as as things go through that you're really watching. It wasn't just that the smaller screen was in the future; it was you were seeing a smaller screen because she knew less. Right. It was representative and, of these sort of boundaries in her memory. Yeah. And so all of a sudden when she like gets her memory back, like the screen goes full, which, which throws you off for a little bit because you're watching, uh, you're the watching future, but things right. as, yeah. as you're watching both things uh, happening in the, and you're like, wait, is it, we're still in the future. Right. And they're like, is that the, um, and and so it was interesting to see that. And then when they showed, uh, it was interesting to see, how, you know, you knew that something had happened, most likely with whatever medication they were doing, uh, that she lost her memory. But you didn't know how that happened. And so it was interesting to see that she did it to herself. Right. Uh, and, and, that, and that when they finally show that scene, when she's... Uh, she makes it to her, her mother's house, but then uh, is pretty much catatonic. Uh, right. You see the, and the, and the screen goes back to being small. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, it was, it was a very effective use of, uh, of 
I don't know the how how things were shown in the, the different the, s- screen formats and things like that too. Yeah, the the cinematography was was very clever, and I just want to go on record as saying I knew I I said I bet here's what they're going to do with that small screen. I said I bet that screen is going to get bigger as her memory comes back, and I nailed it. I nailed it. <laughs> But I, it was, I, I will say it was kind of hard doing a podcast about it when I had already listened to the audio podcast. So I kind of knew some of the big secrets and I, I knew the direction it was going in. It was, it was different enough, but it was really hard to be like, I bet I know why that happened. But uh, yeah, and you can't say anything. Cause right. Got right. I did a few times say um, this scene might be important. I'm just saying <laughs> it might be. So I think I did a pretty good job of, of keeping it spoiler free. And I think that they added enough to the show that even if you already knew the story from the podcast, you you still were drawn in. So well done. Yeah, I think a, a part of that is is the vid, is the uh, the video part of it. You know, the actual how the visual storytelling aspect of it uh, is adds a whole different different layer to it because it's not just they didn't just video it you know right it's not just a record you know they didn't just uh take what they had and put you know actors instead of actors voices uh, right and and you know follow them around with cameras and you see everything they they used the the visual palette to to help tell the story uh that they were that they were telling and i think they did it uh, in an interesting way, I think uh, Sam Esmail has quite the visual style. Like he, the yeah, I have not seen any of his other stuff, but I'm kind of inclined to watch it now, just because I, I like the style of it so much. He did a lot with symbolism, a lot with symmetry, a lot with camera angles, a lot with the sound editing, and you know, I think it helps when you're doing a podcast about a show because we're you know, we watch TV like it's our homework, you know? And so as we're looking, we're like, oh, did you catch that? That was so cool. The way the sound faded from, you know, the cell phone to actual dialogue. And, and so it was all really, really cleverly done. Yeah. I, re- I really like the scene when they're cutting back and forth between the DOD guy in one half of the building and it's sort of mirroring what's going on with her and uh, Bobby Carnival's, uh what they're doing in the other side of the building right, and the, the other wing. And you're wondering like, when are these two going to suddenly go through the same door and, and meet each other? Right. And Yeah, it was all, all put together. And, but yeah, you, if you like sort of an interesting visual take on things, you, Mr. Robots worth checking out, at least in the, uh, uh, at least in the beginning, uh, first I, I'd uh, also, season or so, <laughs> like it just, uh, there's so much to how uh, that it, it's almost slightly everything's just slightly askew. It's not the way you would normally like block a scene on Mr. Robot. Like there's just so many things that are off, but it it's totally fits with the story that's being told because the guy is off. Like he has you know he has mental problems and things, and so having that addition of the way that it's shot adding to the the uncomfortable feeling of it. Uh, I don't know. I think the guy just has an interesting, I don't know, extra take on how to present stories. 
uh, yeah, it's not the, just and the, video. You know, it's not just filming it and uh, and showing it. It's it's almost making the video like its own character almost uh, in uh, telling the story. Yeah, the visuals in the third season remind me a lot of this. Like a lot of the overhead shots of like going through the building as you see people walking around. There is quite a bit of that in the third season of Mr. Robot. So I'm wondering if he did a little bit there and liked that style and decided to continue it in this program. What network was that on? That's on USA. USA, okay. They have one more final season coming. Okay. But yeah, overall, I think it's uh, definitely worth checking out if you uh, if you've got uh, Amazon Prime, uh, or if you're Kyle and you just signed up for Amazon Prime to get free shipping during Christmas. And you- I didn't even have to; they gave free shipping already. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think it's uh, definitely definitely one worth checking out. And as uh, Phaedra mentioned, the the, the half hour episodes, uh, even though it's a drama. It's not uh, at 10 episodes of basically a half hour or less, roughly, uh, for each episode. It's not a long... It's not, it's not a, long, a major commitment, yeah, it's right? Not a, it's, not a huge, it's not a huge watch, yeah, time-wise, uh, but totally uh, uh, totally worth it. You can watch it on one Saturday night, since there's no programming on Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> That's your Saturday night lineup, right there. Right there. All right, We'll move on to the next show on the list, which is uh, Manifest, uh, Season 1, Episode 9, Dead Reckoning, uh, the mid-season finale. Uh, There's still uh, seven episodes to come of Manifest, Uh, seven more potentially annoying episodes, (laughs) as where things have gotten to on this. But uh, we'll start with you this time, Kyle. What are you thinking about Manifest? It, it's still not doing anything to to win me over. I this seemed once again like um, we have Ben who like first of all, why is the wife even trying to plan a surprise party when he's never home? Like to at certain times, he seems to be working all the time, and she's suddenly going to think he's going to suddenly show back right in time for this party. So that was poor planning to begin with. But then, like, then they have this, um, they seem to find that building way too conveniently, um, like, find the secret entrance. And plus, if there's a secret entrance, that's certainly not the same way that every single employee in that building is getting in and out through a little crawl space. So there must be some other larger entrance to the building in the area that they could have gone in to, uh, to look at it. I also don't believe for a second that Vance is dead. <laughs> <laughs> like that is the, like, do they honestly think like, oh, he was on a thing. Oh, no, he he was on an ambulance, but he didn't make it. Uh, oh, OK. And they just accept that when this is this whole giant controversy, uh, uh, conspiracy. And they're just going to believe that in a second. Like, no way. <laughs> There's no way that that guy is kidnapped and hooked up to something. And um yeah, I, I mean, I didn't suspect the the survivor of being in cahoots with the the bad guy. That that twist was actually a surprise to me. So I'll give them that. But um, but yeah, uh, it's still not winning me over. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, how about you, Phaedra? So uh, I had to cram 
for this show for to talk about this episode because I'd watched a couple and you know we were sort of like eh, it's interesting it could be something um but I fell hard last year I think it was in the spring for the crossing on ABC and then ABC decided to cancel it and I swore I would never get involved with a network <laughs> show again Again, like how dare they rope me in? So, I mean, I like Josh Dallas. I was a big fan of Once Upon a Time. And, I, I, you know, I sort of like the premise. Like many other people, it's like Lost, except they're not on an island. They came back home. But what really happened? And I kept thinking, like, well, where where are they going to take this? How where are they, you know, where are they going to take this show? And you know, as I started watching it, I see, well, okay, we're going to learn every single passenger's backstory. Plus there's the whole, you know, government conspiracy. Oh, it's not the government. It's actually some secret organization. And, uh, you know, I just have to say it's network TV. So pretty much everything that I kind of expect is kind of happening. I'm not saying it's bad, but like, um, you know, Ben and his wife, I'm like, they're not going to stay together. We know they're not going to stay together. And um, yes, but for the dumbest reason ever. <laughs> right. It's just so dumb. I can't, I just can't handle like it. It still feels like she's only been told like while they've told her, they haven't really told her like what's going on. Like how is the son not going mom? Like, I'm feeling the stuff from these other people. Like, I had to go save them. How does how does that not play into the story? Like, she, she she's making decisions based on still not having or comprehending the whole the whole right. thing. And I'm like, why is why is nobody giving a better explanation of what's going on? Why is the son not jumping in? And instead of being like, no, why are you kicking dad to the curb? Like, no, I, ha I left. I, I was right. feeling the thing. Like, this is why I was sick before. Like, right. it's, she does, it, it feels like the wife still doesn't know like what the connection is and that he just keeps saying, I'm doing everything to protect our son, but not fully giving her all the information of like how and why he's been doing what he's doing to protect uh, their son and how it actually because is protecting her. And, let's, and she, she's let's, worried about that. He didn't show up for a party and her son like disappeared, you know, for a while, but not the reasons why they did. And it's all just convoluted so that they can break them up. So let's reimagine this show going the way you'd like it to go, where she says, honey, tell me about the voices in your head. Okay, I'm with you. What can we do? I mean, there's going to be no conflict. Nothing's going to happen. You have to have plenty of other conflict, though. There's conflict <laughs> happening in other things, and it's it's fine to create conflict with you know create conflict here, but not stupidly. It's it's conflict because of lack of full communication, but it's lack of communication that doesn't make any sense. Like once you've told part of it. Why are you not letting, you know, you let Vance in on it and he starts to buy stuff, but you're not, yep. but you're not, you telling, know what? but you're not yeah. telling your wife and the son's not telling his mother that like, he's feeling these things. Like, it's just, I don't know. I don't buy it. Even if she like still had problems after that or something, they could come up with a better reason uh, for why 
uh, you know, this whole thing of like, uh, it, it, they could still be on different pages. Like, you know, she's five years past, like some of the things that she talks about that she was feeling could still be problems, but they still come. I don't know. It just, it just bothers me when TV shows intentionally leave out information that any normal person in the situation would tell the other person. Yeah, but don't you feel like that's been going on since episode one where his sister hears voices and he hears voices, but neither one of them really wants to tell each other, hey, are you hearing voices? Yeah, I, I mean, I get it. That's the, what the whole show has been like. It makes sense at the beginning because they don't know what's happening. Like they're trying to figure it out. They don't know if they're the only one that's crazy or whatever, but they start to find out that it's happening to other people and, and things. But when it involves their son... And, and she's saying things like, you can't, you can't leave me like this. And you're like, but I'm trying to make the thing that's actually making our son sick go away. And I, I can't do that here. Like it's those type of things that it just, it creates conflict and, and him just continuing to say, I'm doing everything to, but then not actually telling her or she's not getting it is is annoying to me. Like, uh, to me, it's just, it's poor writing is if when the, at the beginning, it makes sense, but now we're further into it, uh, that that type of conflict just, uh, it, it's really irksome to me. Well, frankly, when it comes to this show, the relationship stuff is my least favorite part of the show. I mean, the same thing with, uh, what's her name? Michaela and Jared, and, you know, likewise, like, okay, we know they're going to get back together. And I just, like, I don't know. I mean, I think it's interesting because I think the idea that, hey, they've only been gone 10 days, but to the other person, it's been five and a half years. I think that is an interesting relationship dynamic. Um, and some episodes it's in the forefront and some episodes it's kind of swept under the rug. So, but I will say for a mid-season finale, I thought it was like, okay, there was nothing that made me go, oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. I thought I thought it was okay. Just I think that the the whole show is very okay. Yeah. There's well, nothing that yeah. makes me it doesn't make me want to binge it, which is yeah. fine because yeah. it's a network show. Yeah. But. yeah. Well it's a it's it's still the the sort of mystery aspect, like the the stuff behind it, like what happened and and that type of stuff, it still has me intrigued. Like what is, you know, given them these abilities, why are they connected? All of these things are, are interesting to me, but some of the stories that they're telling to get to that stuff is less interesting. Uh, and, and also, like you said, Kyle, that was also annoying to me when they they just had like the, uh, their boss at the, you know, the detective's boss say, yeah, no, he died. There's, there's no like, uh, you know, body or like, where, where did he die at? Like, uh, did he die on route to the hospital? Like, is he here at the hospital? And, uh, so I agree with you on that right away. I was like, yeah, he's not dead. He's not dead. And he can um, either be the- taken or he could have like used it as a way to fake his own death type of thing to, uh, to go even deeper undercover, uh, or something, 
but uh, but yeah, it was it was definitely one of those things that you just go, wait, with all the stuff that's going on, you're just gonna swallow. You've just been looking for eleven or like eleven people that were disappeared via ambulances and buses and stuff, and uh, all of a sudden you're just like, oh, but he was put on a thing, you know, he was put on an ambulance, but no, he died. Oh, okay, he's dead. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what irritates me when it comes to shows like this is when you have, um, you know, okay, you're you're a New York City detective that doesn't give you jurisdiction everywhere in the world. That's my pet peeve on these shows is they can go anywhere and, you know, work with federal agents or work with NSA or work with and, and who is Ben even? He's not anything. He just he just tags along because. Just because? He needed to see the light so that he could get them all <laughs> out of the thing. He's also this masterful spy that can infiltrate a company and right. hack into their network and right. use exactly. social hacking and everything else to get the information they need within like 24 hours. And he's a good crier, by the way. <laughs> I knew that from once upon a time. I'm like, here he goes, Mr. Emotional. We see the tears. Speaking of that, why wasn't Lourdes in her husband's hospital <laughs> room? Yeah, they, exactly. like, that made no sense whatsoever. Exactly. Well, they they gave it the one off like she Lourdes is on her way, but like you're like from where? <laughs> like like he's been transported. He's he's cleaned up. He's cleaned he's up. Resting. He's he's right. com- he's just come. To, he's now come to. He's clearly been at the hospital for a while now. Like, where exactly is she coming from that she couldn't drop everything and come to the hospital where her husband Maybe is? Maybe somebody conveniently forgot to call her. Yeah. <laughs> She's on her way because I just called her right before I came in here. It's funny. I said that same thing when I was watching it. I'm like, where's his wife? Yeah, and I kept waiting for a mention or something. Like, And it just seemed like by the time it was, it just seemed so weird that how is she not there yet? Like, yeah. So basically, how did she not get the call? Like while they were transporting him to. So, I mean, basically if if we're talking about, you know, what's obvious on network shows, it's that Jared is going to say he had a realization that he really wants to be with Michaela and he's so sorry. And he doesn't mean to hurt Lourdes. And then, and then she's going to find out she's pregnant. After he leaves her, right? <laughs> Classic TV drama. Uh, yeah, they've uh, they've they've set all that stuff up. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's another seven episodes. I'll probably, I'll probably hang with it through at least the first season to see if we get any type of uh, further answers to some things or, or what have you. But man, some of the stuff is annoying <laughs> in the way that they're telling the stories. <laughs> It's network TV. Uh, really, when you start watching good dramas on, you know, streaming services or those that, that don't have the confines of networks, I just, I think it's hard to go back to network TV. Yeah, but but even within that, there's, there's still good and bad network TV. And this is, this is hanging out like right in the middle somewhere, like between the two. It could be good. It, there's just so much lazy writing that, like, if they just paid more attention, they could make it a good show. Like, it has a good premise. It's just 
there's lots of shortcuts where there shouldn't be shortcuts and other things that they drag on, like all these relationship things that they don't necessarily need. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. It also feels weird that it's that the time frame of them being back is only like three or four weeks now, maybe or something like they haven't been back that long. Uh, and it, uh, it, but yet it seems like they've been back really long, you know, I, I could swear when the wife was like telling him to leave, I think she said something like 10 days ago, I blah, 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 whatever. So I was like, it's only been 10 days. Yeah. I mean, if, if my husband had come back from the dead and 10 days later, he was like, sorry, I got to go. I mean, and wait, so te- wait, so if it's really just 10 days, he's come back, he's, he's saved people He's gotten a job and done his high security hacking. <laughs> he teamed up with the NSA and and cured his son's cancer. Uh, that's a lot to do in 10 days, really. Think about it. Yeah. I don't know. You can put that in your resume for your next job you get in 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. And, and yet the wife is worried that her son was at the thing and not about what they were actually doing at the thing. Like that they saved 10 other passengers from medical experiments. Oh, but my son ended up near a dangerous scene of his own well, accord. Like he left. It's, the dad didn't take him with him. You know, like. Uh, but I think that's, that's a classic TV mistake. People not just like, hey, I mean, the, the show Three's Company was all based on miscommunication, right? If somebody had just said, hold on, wait a minute, what's going on here? Right? We would have never had a show. That's every TV show. Nobody ever says, Let's let's talk about what's really going on here. Yeah, but in some situations it makes sense, and in others it doesn't. To me, like it just uh, some of it. Sometimes it just feels like it's too convenient a way to create the conflict that they want. It's it's an easy way out, uh, but it feels poorly done. Well, I'm not a huge fan, but I'm like you. I'm probably going to stick it out for season one. That'll be my one network show that I'm watching. No, one-ish. Yeah. I have a few others. Besides the next one we're going to talk about on the list, which is The Flash. Yeah, that's not I, That's not like a real network. <laughs> uh, season too. five, uh, episode seven, Oh Come All Ye Thankful. And, yes. Uh, but uh, I, I have fallen behind on all the uh, CW superhero shows. So, uh, But uh, Kyle keeps caught up just so that he can watch <laughs> the team up every year. I know I still need to watch all of this season of Supergirl and all of this season of Arrow before next two weeks when they do the, the crossover. Can I, can I tell you something? You really don't. Yeah, <laughs> I do, though. It's the completionist in me. I can't. I quit Arrow and I restarted because of the crossovers. I started watching Arrow maybe like a year ago, and I think we made it through three seasons. And I'm like, God, how many episodes does each season have? It's just it takes for it's like 26 episodes or something. It takes forever to get through the seasons. And I loved Arrow. I just was like, I just can't keep up with it. And I was never really a Supergirl fan. So I've watched an episode or two, but I feel like I know enough that I'm cool with the crossovers. So what are you thinking about uh, season five of the flash Phaedra? Uh, I, <laughs> that's a, uh, I think uh, how about you, Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't groan as much. I mean, at least they're not going after a speedster. 
<laughs> this season. But I mean, they have. Um, why can't I think of his name? Uh, the 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 guy from Ed. He's back again this year. He's playing this French guy named Sherlock. So oh. he's got this annoying French accent. Tom Cavanaugh. Yes. <laughs> and, so, yes. Yep. I was yep. just going to say, why do we? First of all, I love Harrison Wells. Keep him on the show. Don't ever let him leave. He's one of my favorite characters, but not this version. <laughs> I, I mean, why do? Why do we have to keep getting a new incarnation? And this one is just, it just feels like a caricature. I just, I don't like it. And I just, yeah. And my sister told me, she she was watching it and she goes, oh yeah, they're doing a French version of Harrison Wells. And when the, the first guy showed up, the white haired um, Harrison, do you know which one I mean? Yeah who has a very thick accent. And I'm like, oh God, please don't let that be him. <laughs> so it was just, it's just, it's too corny. And so, okay, so there's that. And then, you know, just the opening, it makes us laugh every time he's like, and then, um, you know, I met my daughter from the future. And she is like, how old is, so we're talking about Nora, who is Barry and Iris's daughter from the future, who has come back. She is a speedster, and she's come back because she wanted to have time to get to know her dad. And they've written her character like she's 14 years old. I mean, how old do you think she's supposed to be in the show? I thought she was probably supposed to be like early 20s maybe right she yeah. doesn't look that young but she acts like an idiot well like the, the one of the focuses of this episode she was all upset that barry keeps putting himself in danger but if she really came from the future she should know when he dies and knows that anything he does is going to be just fine oh good point and and no and so i don't know why and then she like the whole thing the whole episode she's complaining like oh i can't believe you put yourself in danger that's so selfish putting yourself in danger and then they get to the end and like he's not going to rescue people he looks to her she gives him the nod like go ahead save them and like it's like what was the whole point of your right. whining about this if you're just going to give him the okay anyway it's as soon as this happens i mean every episode is her going okay dad i won't Oops! I did that, and I messed up, and now you have to clean up my mess. And it's and and then and then she's like, "Okay, now you go do it. Why do you always have to go and do it when you should be spending time with me?" I, I mean, the whole thing. And they kept talking about, you know, it's my job. You know, wh why are you always working on your job? I'm like, first of all, being a superhero, I like I don't think of it like a job. You know what I mean? It's not like daddy's working late again. It's not a job. It's like a you know, it's what he does. He saves people. What's he just supposed to be like, meh? She goes, I, I don't know why you, you just don't stop. Why do you have to keep doing this? And I'm thinking, what's he supposed to do? Like, no, nah, I'm good. You just let that satellite fall on everybody. Well, I, I did like in this. So in this episode, they brought back um, the weather wizard. And so like and basically his daughter showed up trying to you think she's trying to save him, get him out of prison. Oh, right. And but, then the yes. Yeah, it was so amazing. So you're expecting like, oh, he shows up, he's like his daughter sees him, you think they're gonna run up and hug, and all of a sudden she drops like a like a SUV Trump. on top yeah. of him. And they're like, Whoa, wait a minute. I mean, it turned out to be like a hologram, but because they were trying to fake her out. But like I was not expecting that. I was oh. like, this is great. 
like now, have we seen those characters before? We've seen the wizard, weather wizard, because they even made sure they showed you on the previously on. I don't okay. think we've ever seen his daughter before. Okay. So, so basically, this season, a lot of the season, it's like we have like the meta humans. This is like meta tech because a satellite fell from the sky and shards of it seem to land in different things, and people are using the shards to. So she created this oh, this right. like lightning rod that she could then basically be like her dad and harness the power of of the weather using her magical lightning rod. Can I just ask you, why does every metahuman, except for Barry and Cisco, use their powers for bad? Really? Like every single one of them. Uh, there's also the plastic man guy. Oh. He's good. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Well, that's debatable. <laughs> He's annoying. He's such. Oh, see, I like that character. I find him. Oh, oh. he's better (laughs) this season. Better this season. But last season, last season was pretty bad. I thought, and um, even my son, who's eleven, he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm done with the Flash. I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's our show. We watch this show, so, um, but like, I'm so used to the characters and Caitlin and Cisco and and Joe and Cecile, who's also really annoying, and um. And Ralph and like and and Harrison, they're all like I feel like I've watched them for so long that I you know I like seeing what's happening. But here's the big thing that happened for me while I was catching up on the Flash. I'm watching, going, you know that guy that plays Cicada looks really familiar. It took me seven episodes to figure out who he was. <laughs> I'm like, that's Chris Klein right away. I'm like, that's yeah. Katie Holmes' ex-boyfriend. But, you know, what was he on? American Pie? Is that what yes, he Yes, he was on American Pie. Okay. Like, yeah. I saw his name in the credits. I'm like, who is he? I don't remember seeing him in the episode. And then it finally hit me, like, on the the, the sixth episode, I finally realized that's who he was. Because he looks, I don't know, he just looks older. He is. He's a lot <laughs> older. It's probably like 20 years since that and movie. He's got like a bit up. of a receding hairline, so yes. I didn't like... Yes, he does. Like, I didn't uh, figure out that was him. And part of me was like, oh, that's sad. He has to guest star on The Flash. But then part of me was like, oh, that's good. Maybe he'll go on to do bigger and better things. Because Tom Felton was on there, and now he's kind of doing other things. So, But I like him on the show. I like his character. And I feel like he's not just um, a typical bad guy. He's a bad guy who wants revenge on all metahumans because he thinks they only do bad things. And so he thinks metahumans should be. In a right? way, he's right. He's <laughs> although right. He, he although he does blame Barry because Barry's the one that, I guess, caused the satellite to crash and almost hurt his niece slash daughter. Right. Exactly. But it's um like he said in the beginning, at least there's not a speedster. So we don't have to listen to Barry all season say I have to go faster. <laughs> uh, I'm not fast enough. Which is, I mean, which it sounds like we're, we're doing. Well, it sounds like we're like, maybe you, 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 you don't actually like that. I, I haven't minded the season. Like it's definitely a lot better than last season. I did not care for that. Like mind guy last season as like their villain. But I, I actually liked him because I thought he was a really good actor up until the end where he just was like absorbing everybody. And then, then it got a little crazy. And, and as long as we're talking about last season and then his wife, I can't remember their names at this point. So he goes wherever he goes into the, into the void 
And, you know, she apologizes for his behavior. And then they're like, that's cool. Do you want to join Team Flash? I'm like, this woman <laughs> was your enemy all season. And now you're like, it's okay. You want to be part of our team? I'm like, stop, stop. <laughs> that's Team Flash for you. <sighs> yeah, I haven't watched in a while, but I, I've thought the same thing about the, uh, is it, why is it just so many were created of metahumans, but very few use seem to be using their powers for good or not even in a, say very seldom in even like a Robin hood fashion, you know, like of where they're, they're using it to try and help, uh, you know, others or something like that with it. Maybe not in the, the same exact way that, uh, Barry and the gang are, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it does, Especially now, five seasons in, where you're just like, okay, what have we met? Like a hundred different, you know, uh, metas, and uh, 95 of them have been bad guys. Right. And uh, and the other five are now dead. So they're just misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll move on to the last show on the list, which is Night Flyers, uh, season one, episode one. Uh, All That We Left Behind, which uh, is the season premiere of what is apparently a two-week showing of episodes on sci-fi. I didn't realize that till just when I went to look for uh, the episode that they're playing five, starting last night on the Sunday, they're playing five episodes this week and then five episodes next week, uh, Sunday through Thursday, and... uh, and then all ten episodes will be probably out before we'll be, this podcast. Will be done. Will be done and out there. And uh, uh, but uh, what are you thinking about the uh, about Night Flyers, Kyle? What did you think of uh, how it started? So I, I don't want to be the downer on every show today, but I mean I thought the opening scene was really good. I, I really liked it was like the shining in space. Um that opening scene with um Agatha and um I forget what his name is, the uh the, the bearded guy with the axe. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. The, he I know he's like their Xeno scientist guy. Um but I, I thought that was really interesting. Like you're wondering what's going on on this ship. Like what led to this? You know, it has to be in the future. Um, and so you're wondering what led to this. And then we jump back to like the beginning of the mission. And then it it seems to like I don't know. It, it didn't like origin on you on YouTube. Like when I watched that first episode, I was immediately drawn in and I wanted to see more. I couldn't say the same about this. I mean, I did watch the first two because they were both on on demand at the time. So I watched the first two. But even after the second one, I wasn't like completely like, oh, I got to see what happens next. I mean, it's only 10 episodes, so I'll likely just <laughs> watch the other eight, <laughs> especially with how quickly they're airing them. I mean, you can just watch one a night. Um, but I mean, I, I, I wasn't completely drawn in. I mean, I like that like they set up this creepy Thing, but I, I didn't think they did enough to explain what who these characters are. It was like rapid like exposition, like, oh, you're so-and-so from this. You are genetically modified. Oh, okay, this is so-and-so. She can plug into the computer and talk to it. <laughs> and so it's like just very quick, like, hey, here's this person. Here's like one line about who they are. 
and what their role is on their ship. But then it like we don't really get much any. The only person we get a backstory on is is the main professor who is setting up this mission. So I, I don't know if they're going to give us a backstory on each character. Like in the second episode, I don't think we really got much of a backstory on anyone. Like with Origin, they were doing like a backstory per episode of one of the the people on the ship. But I didn't get the sense that that's what this was going to follow. But I mean, it's it, it could be interesting and entertaining. And since it's George R. R. Martin, uh, I wouldn't get too attached to any characters. <laughs> They're probably not going to live very long. But I, I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't instantly sucked into this. How about you, Phaedra? Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, I love sci-fi shows. I've never actually watched um, an original show on the Sci-Fi Channel, so it was kind of a new experience for me. And when I saw that it was based on stories by George R.R. R. Martin, I, that sort of gave it a little bit of legitimacy in my book. So, yeah, the, begin, the beginning scene definitely drew me in. And I was like, OK, let me make sure my kid's in bed before I start watching <laughs> this show. And I thought, OK, this is good. What's happening? And and then we sort of go back in time and I think, OK, they're going to bring us up to this point. But how long is it going to take to get there? And I agree with everything Kyle said that there were a lot of characters that that we didn't really learn much about, that we really didn't care much about. And so when I was like, oh, that chick is drowning and uh, and then she did, which I think she did drown. But then she suddenly came back to life, which I think is a clue to something. but yeah, I just didn't really like I didn't really care about the characters. The one I'm most interested in was it L2? Is that what they call the L1 telepath? L1, yeah. L1, L2, L1. I was thinking of the advanced model. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the L1, like I like I'm kind of curious about this character and I don't really understand what he is. Is he human? Is he humanoid? Is he I, I don't know if they really explained that. Um, or his background or, and I'm assuming they brought him on the ship. So he has the ability to communicate with this alien species that they're pursuing. But, um, I mean, if he's like cracking people's necks and stuff, why are they taking him for a walk in the garden? I just, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and, and, you know, after that whole scene, I'd be like, okay, this dude locking him up and he's never coming out, you know? So but I, I'm, I'm like you. I went, oh, okay. That was the first episode. But I didn't go, oh, my God, what happens next? But some shows are like that for me. I will admit that, you know, a 10-episode series for me, typically, it's not till episode four or five that I'm like, okay, I am super into this. So that doesn't keep me from continuing to watch it. But I, although I haven't seen Origin yet, that was immediately the show that I thought of. And I thought, okay, this is sort of the new genre. Everyone's going for the like alien, lost in space sort of uh, horror type of show. movie. In horror, space. yeah, horror, yes, exactly. And, and you had mentioned like the woman drowning in the tube. I couldn't figure out what was going on there. It almost looked like her head got teleported yes! into the bloody tube on the. Yes! So did like she get replaced with like a like another version of her like did it did it form in that 
other tube. Like, I couldn't figure out what was going on there. I mean, did, did no one look over and be like, oh, what are all these bloody limbs floating around in here? But they were yeah. gone when the other woman wa- finally made it over there and walked they in. Were. Okay. Okay, then. Yeah, see, that's the thing that's it's confusing about it is sometimes you're seeing what they're seeing or you're seeing what the telepath guy is seeing or uh, or whatever other thing is on board that's causing problems uh it's to me the opening scene was intriguing in part except that i kind of sometimes don't like that style of opening where you open with the end and then you tell the story right. of how you you lead up there because now you know like you're watching that character and you're like Right, She's exactly. going to die. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, by her own hand for whatever reason uh uh after trying to uh you know tell people not to get on the the ship or whatever. But I don't know, there was there was a lot of just yeah, like Kyle said there was uh you you got like the 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 one line or two line bio of of each person right. except for like the main guy where you got to meet some of his family a little bit and uh and see some of and and get a little and in that you heard a little bit about you know there's some uh problems on earth or whatever that they're trying to you know hopefully fix with this mission uh by i don't know having a conversation with these aliens that they have to go into this void to to get but then there's something happening on the ship uh is it is it another person that's causing some of the problems is it another person causing problems because there's this thale guy that can make people do things or or see things uh is it something else completely i just felt that the first episode was just way too confusing yes as to it exactly you know obviously you're not going to know exactly what's going on but i don't even i I don't know. I always talk about it. There's, there's, there's being confused and there's being confused, you know, uh, because the show is not doing a good job (laughs) of, of telling you what it's supposed to be. This show, this is the type of show that's obviously with different twists and turns is supposed to be confusing and make you think one thing's happening and what's happening and this, uh, but I don't even feel like I have enough information to even get to that level of confusion, like the good confusion. <laughs> like I'm back here in the bad confusion part. There was just too many, too many things happening that I it couldn't get a grasp of what, uh, you know, at different times, like what was going on. Like even like when the, the guy gets flung around trying to, you know, take the ship off, onto a manual or whatever. He looks like he's basically like broken his back or something like that, but he's up walking right. around at the end of the episode, which is a couple of cuts and scratches. And so th- that type of stuff was confusing because he seemed way worse off. Uh, Maybe medicine's better in a hundred yeah. years. So. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to ask you guys, how did you hear about this show? And did you hear buzz? Is that why you were like, Oh, let's try this show. Or, or is it just, You'll watch anything on TV. 
Well, there's there's some of the latter, but uh, yes. I think we both both Kyle and I heard about it at Comic Con. I think that's yeah. We did I the press room. Heard. We did the press room for it. Okay, so the buzz it was like this is this is going to be good. Well, it's a you know it's a George R. R. Martin thing, right? It's a, you know it's a new sci-fi original a horror space show. Yeah, it sounded interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a di- I, I'm not a huge horror fan, but there was a little thing at like the end of the episode with the George R. R. Martin talking about that, like you know way back, he read some thing that uh, somebody had said that uh, that horror and sci-fi don't mix. Like the what? Well, that that uh, and and he was like, uh, or I don't know if it was horror and sci-fi or horror and space or something. I don't. I think it was horror and sci-fi. Yeah, horror and sci-fi. And so he was like, well, and so he like took a stab at it, and this is like the story that he came up uh, up with. I'm not sure like how far back that uh, that was or what he was reading. I don't remember that exactly, but. You know, there were things about it that were interesting and then saw that it was actually premiering uh, here in December. And so uh, figured, oh, let's, you know, check out something new, uh, something that to catch up with. I only got to watch one episode. <laughs> right, right. I'm like, I can do that. <laughs> although now every day that goes by, yeah. you're an episode I'll, behind. Yeah, although, <laughs> although by, yeah, two weeks from now, I'll, I'll be nine episodes behind now. Uh, but yeah, I think that was, you know, that was the the impetus behind you know checking it out was uh, anything that has some interest uh, for some reason I'm interested in checking out to see if it's something that I would want to watch at some point uh, if I have uh, the time to fit it into uh, the TV watching schedule and I don't know by the end of it I was just like okay. Like uh, the, the the opening sort of draws you in, and by the end of it, I was just like, mm. "Right, what now?" It's a, well, it's a bunch of people that are seeing things and whatnot, and I don't know that I care to find out if it's the Thale guy or something else that's causing it. It can't be him. That's too obvious. Yeah. But I did I did look up a little bit about the show after I watched it, just because I wanted to hear what some of the buzz was, and I saw headlines like "Sci-Fi Horror Journey Stretches Itself Too Thin," <laughs> and "Great Ideas Meet Lackluster Execution." But my favorite was George R. R. Martin has quote a lot more people to kill on night flyers. <laughs> <laughs> So there will be horror yeah. to come. There will be more blood, and uh, yes. I mean the 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 guy that we thought was broken in the beginning of the episode will like caught on fire by the end of the episode too. So like, uh, oh, was that that guy? At least I think yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I think it was. <laughs> and I think he was actually on fire because it was they were getting a a a, a fire extinguisher because uh, even in the future where they have this giant ship fire extinguishers are exactly the same as they are now. There's been no well, that improvement was the on the, uh, the technology. Hey, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's right. That was the weird thing. When I heard them say, Oh, the firewall has been breached. I'm like, Oh, okay. They have a security problem. And then, <laughs> no, no, it's a literal. No, the literal yeah, and oh, and also, I I don't know their names. Agatha, I got her name, and then the other guy. Did you get a feeling that there was some prior relationship between the two of them? Oh yeah, the uh, Doctor Debrannon or Professor Debrannon. Yes. Or, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it definitely felt like there was some kind of history because he it sounded like he was the one that that recommended her for this position. Right. right. And then his wife was doing a video link and, and she's like, oh, I bet you asked her or whatever. She made some comment that I'm like, OK, so there's some there's some r- relationship drama that they're going to bring into it. Yeah, of course, because you got to have that in every show. Can you tell I'm not into chick shows? <laughs> I just like, please leave that stuff out. I don't need it. So no, this is us for you. Not- no, 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 not at all. So you're not a big you're not a big shipper when you're uh, watching the shows. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> that's for- Shannon. Yeah, that- that's her department. She that's- she watches the teen dramas and she talks about the ships. And I'm like, what ships? You know, like thinking literal ships. So the night fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, that'll do it for the uh, primetime segment. And we'll move on to uh, TV recommendations. Okay. Kyle, you wanted to. Uh, yeah, I, some, I just wanted some, to say. Some Christmassy type of uh, Netflix throwing their their hat in the Hallmark ring. Exactly. Well, I think some of them are Hallmark and Lifetime related and some aren't. Like the Christmas Chronicles is there is one of their most recent ones with uh, Kurt Russell playing Santa Claus. And that's definitely not like a rom-com type of thing. It's But it's like a fun story of like this, like the this little girl who's a believer and her um, older brother is like a delinquent and a non-believer. And like they team up to trap Santa and like then they end up breaking his sleigh and they have to try to help him save christmas and so it's it's a fun it's it's really entertaining and fun i would say it's a family thing but there's some questionable language in some parts like i'm not sure why they didn't bother to just make it completely family friendly but um by the way that totally works in my family so i'm good <laughs> so I mean I I that one I would highly recommend. That that was a lot of fun. And then like last year they had this movie called A Christmas Prince and like I loved how Net, uh, Netflix was like trolling people. They're like who are they? like they trolled the like they posted something on Twitter like who are these 19 people that have watched uh have watched A Christmas Prince every single day in a row? What guy ruined your life? <laughs> so they they made Oh a, my god. They, the sequel to that one this year, it stars um, Rose McIver of iZombie playing another character with the last name Moore. Um, and so this one is like the follow up to that movie last year. But they have a whole bunch that have already aired or that are upcoming and a whole bunch of other holiday specials of different shows like Nailed It. It's going to have a holiday special and um, Sabrina is going to have one. So there's a lot of holiday related stuff to, to go check out on, on Netflix. Well, they're trying to be the everything for everybody, uh, yep. so, <laughs> so might as well throw some of that in as well. I saw some network was looking at Hanukkah movies for next year. I wonder if Netflix heard that and they're like, we can do that too. <laughs> and so we'll get some Hanukkah movies on Netflix next year as well. I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about uh, that just in December, I think I think the number was uh, 64 new series, movies, or specials were going to be added to Netflix just in December. It's insane. You know, from, you know, foreign shows to, to everything else, they're just, it just keeps growing like so, so fast. But uh, on the other hand, it's, you know, not necessarily meant for everybody to watch everything. It's to have something that everybody would want to watch. (laughs) 
when you're the type of person that wants to sample every new show, <laughs> I gave up on that with Netflix long ago. I'll watch the, the scripted shows on the regular channels, but I can't keep up with Netflix. How about you, Phaedra? Do you have a, a TV recommendation? Well, speaking of Netflix, that's actually where I watch most of my new shows. And it, I feel like it's sort of the wrong time of the year for this. And you've probably already talked about this show, but I just finished The Haunting of Hill House. Have you guys watched that one? No, I keep I keep mentioning it that I'm willing to check it out, but it never makes Jason's list. So I, I usually that's what forces me to watch something on Netflix when I see it on the list for the podcast. So I haven't had a chance to check that Put out. Put it on the list. So I was I was like, I'm not gonna watch that. I don't like horror. And I had a lot of people say, Oh, it's not that scary. And I watched it and um I almost didn't sleep that night because I was like, Oh my god, I can't go. And I realized if I watch it during the day, I'm okay. But it's not just a spooky, scary. It's really sort of, um, this is going to go against everything I just said, but it's really about family relationships. <laughs> but they're spooky relationships. But they're spooky <laughs> relationships. And they're, they're, it's, it's actually not, there's no romance in this at all. And um because that would be a scary story. Yeah, I would. Yes, yes. So it's like five siblings, and they do they do a flashback, flash forward. So it it goes back and forth, and I think the casting is phenomenal because they actually look like they are all related. So much so that I keep going, wait, which sister is that? Because they look so much alike. So the two leads on in that um, the parents are Carla Gugino. And Henry Thomas. Remember Henry Thomas? From E.T.? From E.T., yes. He's all grown up now. So they play the parents back in, like, the late 80s with their five children. They move into Hill House to fix it up, and then they find out that it's not an ordinary house. And they're they're sort of haunted by these things through their adulthood, and they've it's interesting. It's a very interesting storytelling experience. It's 10 episodes and I just did a cross country flight and ended up just binging it. <laughs> Except the worst part was on my way out there, I'm binging it. And there's this really spooky scene in a hotel room and I get off the plane and, you know, I spend the day and everything's fine. And I get back to my hotel room and all of a sudden that show comes flooding into my memory. I'm like, Oh my God, what's going to come out of the ceiling? So uh, it's spooky, but it's a. I think it's really well done. It's a really good story. So, I, I, I in fact, my husband came in while I was watching the last episode at home, and he said, uh, "Oh, I thought this was just like a horror show. This this looks interesting." So that's a strong endorsement for my husband. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, that'll do it for the uh, TV recommendations. And uh, as always, you could find uh, links to more about our recommendations as well as the news stories we talked about and also links to where you can find more from each of us uh, in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 406. Thank you uh, again, uh, Phaedra and Kyle, for joining me on episode 406. Thank you for having me. Now I have all these great uh, TV recommendations I can go watch on my brand new TV. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> 